Are you curious about bodies, pleasure, and possibilities? And what about curious about what others are up to on the planet when it comes to pleasure, sex, and play? Have you considered what pleasure can do for your life, your body, and your bank account? Do you know something magical, delightful, and out of this world orgasmic is not only possible for you, but totally available to you? If you're ready to be the magical, sexual, sexy beast you know you can be, and you just need the tools to get there, you're in the right place. Now, here's the host of The Pleasure Zone, sensual movement artist, relationship, and sex alchemist, Milica Yelenich. Welcome, my sweet pleasure seekers. You know, I thought, what more fun could I have than bringing two super of my favorite things together, talking about sex and puppets, bringing the puppets in. You know, for those of you who are just um, listening, you're in for a treat. Go watch a video because you're going to have a better explanation of some of the polyamorous relationships I'll be talking about by seeing the puppets. And the puppets are going to help us out tonight to understand different dynamics, even about monogamy and all kinds of things. We're talking about all different kinds of relationships here. One of the fun things was I was on, um, I was just, you know, scrolling through Facebook today and I came across a, a post where a friend of mine, Christine Lamas, posted a question about what's the difference between polyamory or polyamory versus promiscuity. And I was like, that's a great question, especially because my show tonight is all about that. And um, there was a fellow who answered that and, and I really liked his answer. So I asked him permission if I could use his quote. And he said, yes. So he said, his name is uh, Jason Delnaki. And he said, the difference between both for him is commitment. In a polyamorous relationship, I'm committed to those relationships, not open to others. Being promiscuous to, uh, to him means that he's not committed to anyone. He's just open to his own pleasures. And I said, oh, that's really cool uh, thought. So everybody does have, even within polyamory, has like a, there's a lot of nuances. We're going to be talking about four kind of main kinds of polyamory tonight. I know you probably already thought, isn't polyamory like a main thing unto itself yes it's kind of a broad term and then under that we have some subsections and many many subsections because for as many people as there are for many polyamorous relationships there are there are that many different kinds of nuances you can have going on and so we'll be talking about four main ones and just how some of those dynamics work and what if you are looking to have a polyamorous relationship what are some of the things that could be really helpful for you in order to have one that's sustainable so for those of you who are just jumping on my name is Milica Yelenich and I love talking about pleasure I also love talking about puppets so I've got puppets out tonight for those of you watching on video um, and for those of you listening on audio just imagine I have two finger puppets on my fingers and we are ready to talk about polyamory. So I'm a sex and intimacy coach. I'm also a holistic health practitioner. I work with many different modalities and I love to bring people out of trauma and into pleasure because so much of the time we've had different kinds of traumas in our life, whether it's like feeling neglected as a child or being violently, um, having violence done to our bodies or, you know, being in a war. Any of that is trauma. There are traumas even that can be very subtle that we didn't realize how much they affected us. So we'll be talking about relationships that can actually support all those different kinds of 
things that we have in our life. So some people need to have uh, a feeling of security with only one person. So they might choose monogamy. And some people might choose something like uh, hierarchical polyamory, which is having a primary relationship. And we'll talk about that. And uh, for those of you who want, there are other words for these as well. These are just some of the words I came across um, in my research. And there are definitely other definitions for these. These are just ones that are kind of fun. So primary relationship is one way to name this. Hierarchical polyamory is another way to name this. And what we're looking at in a hierarchical polyamorous relationship or primary relationship is you have a relationship with a primary partnership. And here we have Rick and Nancy in their primary partnership. And Rick and Nancy do a lot of things together. They have, they might even be married. They might live in the same home. People in their lives know them as they're together. And they have, they have a lot of things they share in common. You know, chances are they even have on their Facebook pages that they're, they're in a, in relationship with each other. They might not notice, they might not note the other relationships they're in, but they might, it's hard to say. Uh, a lot of things in a hierarchical polyamorous relationship or primary relationship situation, like Rick and Nancy, Rick and Nancy would be doing things like a lot of decision-making together. So say, for example, Rick gets a job and decides to move to Alaska. Nancy may or may not, but probably would choose to move with Rick because you know what? They're in a primary relationship, but guess what? They have other relationships going on. So Rick and Nancy also have a very sweet person in their life named Nata. And Nata is in their life and she comes over every once in a while and she has a pretty great time with them. They really love each other, but Nata's not in the primary relationship. She doesn't get a lot of the decision-making, but she does get invited into things. Sometimes they consider themselves a thruple. However, not that doesn't get a lot of decision-making, so she's more invited in for different um, experiences to be part of the relationship. So in hierarchical polyamory, the intimate couple, these two, Rick and Nancy, they are usually uh, together for quite a while. And what they're looking for is to change up their relationship. And they start to go, oh, you know what? Um, remember we were at that party last week at Ed's and like there was that really sweet person who kept on flirting with both of us and remember not to like let's invite her over and see for some dinner and see what she's like so not to comes over for dinner and they're all hanging out and then all of a sudden they're like hey we just wanted to let you know we're kind of opening our relationship to become polyamorous what do you think about being part of a relationship with us and not just like oh I really like you guys I'm so glad you asked I'm actually polyamorous so that's so cool that you were asking for me to be in your relationship so they're all excited and they have great time together now I don't know if you remember but Rick got invited to have a job in Alaska and Nancy's going with him to Alaska now Nata might be like, you know what, I really love you guys. I'm gonna come to Alaska too. Is that okay? And they might say, Yeah, yeah, that's cool. And Nata might be like, you know what? Oh, I really love you guys. And I'm so grateful for the time I spent with you. You guys have a great time in Alaska, but I'm gonna stay here. 
and I'm going to go on my own adventures. And so off Natha goes to other adventures. Meanwhile, these guys have moved off to Alaska and they might be meeting somebody else. They met Bob. Oh, and you know what? Right at first, Nancy was like, Bob, look how fluffy you are. You are so adorable. I totally love you. I've, I've been really into bunnies my whole life. And Bob's like, oh, that's so cool. I've been really into um, married women my whole life. It's kind of my thing. And Rick's like, oh, you know what? I'm actually really into that. So it'd be really cool if if maybe we could have an experience together. And Bob's like, yeah, sure. So they, while they're in Alaska, have a little experience. And Bob joins their relationship for a little while. So they're having different kinds of relationships. And every once in a while, Nathan might come and visit them too. It's hard to say because they're in a different kind of relationship. But for the most part, We've got these two, we've got Rick and Nancy hanging out together, pretty steady. They're pretty much married or they're in a relationship that is um, that they are primary primary uh, to each other. So a lot of times um, what can go on in these relationships is that they just need to know that each other is priority. So some of the some of the things that sometimes come up in relationships that become polyamorous, even if you have a primary relationship, is that some partner sometimes might feel insecure. Like maybe Rick is spending a lot of time with Bob and Nancy starts to feel insecure. Like, what about me? How come I don't get to spend time with Bob? And Rick's like, oh, I'm really sorry. Bob's actually more into me than he is into you. He, We thought he was into you, but he's actually more into me. So Nancy gets a little sad and Nancy needs some reassurance that guess what? They're actually together. So every once in a while, Nancy needs some assurance because her primary love language is um, having uh, words of affirmation and she wasn't getting them from Rick right away. So she needed to be really clear that Rick is there for her and Rick is not going to leave her. Nancy feels a little bit better now. So Bob can come back into their life. He just gone away for a little bit, but now their relationship is coming back to stable and Bob can come back in and Nancy understands that Rick is not going anywhere and Bob can come in and bring some joy. Yay, Bob. So yes, the stories are all in my head. <laughs> so, so Rick and Nancy are this are fabulous couple who have decided to open their marriage after or, or their relationship after many years of being committed to each other. And they're very excited about exploring their sexuality. And they're very excited about exploring their romantic lives. And Nancy, you know, as much as Bob's been, uh, Rick's been hanging out with Bob, Nancy's feeling like she would like to bring somebody in too. And she calls up her old friend, Nata, and says, hey, Nata, can you just like come and visit us for a while? So Nata comes over and they're all having dinner and they're like, you know what, guys? You know, it'd be fun. Let's have a cuddle puddle. And they all get together for a little cuddle puddle. And sometimes those relationships can end up becoming two relationships over here between um, Bob and Nata. And then we also have Rick and Nancy. So then, you know, these two might end up in a primary relationship and these two are in a primary relationship. And then it's kind of like swapping. So such complexities, right? That's just one variation of a polyamorous relationship. So 
sometimes people will also look to polyamory to be a solution to relationships. They're like, well, this primary relationship thing, monogamy is not working for me. And they think that somehow bringing other people into their relationship is going to make it better. That's not always the case. So you need to have some conversation and people need to feel very secure and loved. Their love languages still need to be uh, fulfilled, right? So if one of them, if um, say, for example, Nancy's primary love language is words of affirmation and she needed that from Rick. Once Rick gave her words of affirmation, she felt a lot better. Now, if Nancy's other primary love language is, is touch, and all she's been seeing is Rick going out and touching other people, she might feel really unloved. So in these situations, it would be really good to invite somebody in so that either Rick can give Nancy the love or somebody else can give Nancy the touch for her love language so that she can feel loved too. And so these, um, these different relationships can absolutely work. And they all need to have a lot of conversation. And I think some of the conversation is really important to have prior to being engaged in the relationship. So even if you're in, if you know you're polyamorous and you're you're inviting people into your relationship, having a conversation with every individual that you're in a relationship with is important. And then if you're having um, like group gatherings, then you like, it would be good to have everybody know each other, meet each other, understand each other's boundaries and where they're coming from. And you can create even things like uh, relationship contracts based on this. If you're looking for that, if you'd actually like a relationship contract for moving into polyamory and maybe you're looking at hierarchical polyamory where you're having your primary relationship, just message me. I have um, I have a contract that you could use as a as a base contract for that. And these contracts are just to get. It's not like they're legally binding. All they're there for is to create more clarity so that you can start to feel more secure in your choices and not feel like maybe the jealousy is rising or whatever. It helps create clarity also about what you desire and how you'd like the relationship to work. And you might look at it and go, you know what? Maybe, maybe Rick and Nancy don't want to have a hierarchical polyamorous relationship anymore. Maybe they don't want to be, they, maybe they no longer desire to be each other's primary relationship. And they might say, you know what? Let's just kind of separate. And some people will actually get divorced and then and then come back together in a different way. They get divorced either energetically, they just say like, let's destroy this relationship and create something new. Um, they might actually get divorced. So depending on where you live in the world, if um, if you are married and you're having extramarital sex with somebody else, even though you're agreeing that you're in a polyamorous relationship, that person could come back and sue you. And there are there are states in the U.S. where you can go to jail for having an affair if you're caught. So, so things to be aware of. So there can be reasons why for your safety and whatever that you would actually choose to go through um, the divorce first. So Oh, deep breath. Guys, we're only on the first part of polyamory. Like, what are we going to do? We're going to speed this up. Rick and Nancy agree. We are going to speed this up. If you're watching this over on uh, Facebook Live, 
come on over and we're going to talk more about the different kinds of polyamorous relationships. And I'm going to try and squeeze in also the, um, the different kinds of monogamous relationships. So much to talk about, and I'm going to try and keep it brief. All right. Stay tuned. You're listening to The Pleasure Zone here on Inspired Choices Network, and we'll be right back after this commercial. Are you secretly a voyeur, wondering what's going on in other people's sex lives? What if now is the time for a totally different sexual evolution? Are you interested in people who are pioneers of different sexual and pleasurable practices? Lean in now with Melitza Yelenich, where she will entice you and your body to know your own pleasure zone. On the Pleasure Zone radio show with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich. You'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow yourself to receive more in your sex life, and quite possibly, other areas of your life as well. Listen for The Pleasure Zone with Milica every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email become a host at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. This is the Pleasure Zone with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich. To participate in the program today, join our live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email. Info at MelitzaYelenich.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back, my sweet, sweet pleasure seekers. Tonight, we're talking about different kinds of relationships. Uh, I'm sure there's lots of terms you've heard rolling around out there, like monogamy, ethical non-monogamy, polyamory, non-monogamy that's not ethical um, so lots of different variations of relationships going on and tonight we're talking about um, the the variations of first we're starting with the variations on polyamory and then we're going to move into some variations on uh, monogamy so before the break we had Rick and Nancy our fine our finely uh, felted friends here and our finely felted friends, Rick and Nancy, are in a relationship with each other. And they were choosing, um, in the last segment, they were choosing to be in, in, uh, in a hierarchical uh, polyamorous relationship. So they, have their, they were in a primary relationship with each other. But they've decided to move out of our view for now. And we're going to have new relationship coming in so you can understand and know what some of these other kinds of relationships are. If you do have questions about this, um, I just want to be really clear that in uh, hierarchical polyamory with the primary relationship, it doesn't always mean that the primary relationship does rank higher or have more worth than other subsequent uh, partnerships, but it does take priority in terms of time, 
things like resources of money and home and all that, and also decision-making power. So yeah, importance. Um, if I said that, that might not have that might not have been the totally accurate terminology to use. Okay, so now we're going to move on to our next relationship. We've got Bob and Lily. Our furry little friends. Oh, I knew I was going to do that funny, and Mike will love it because every time, if you were seeing that, if I put those puppets in the wrong, in the wrong and in different fingers they're automatically uh, doing each other from behind. Yay, bunnies. So, so for the sake of not having the bunnies do pornography on this show, geez, bunnies, just, you're doing it like bunnies. They were, and then we're just gonna stop them from doing that. I realized that for you guys, this might be the weirdest show you have ever watched from The Pleasure Zone, and you're welcome, you're welcome. Actually, I was just doing a, uh, on the weekend I was doing a, uh, workshop with my mom on working out trauma trauma release day and one of the things that came down to it was that one of the ways to actually get yourself out of trauma is through play and there's lots of different uh, ways that you can do play therapeutically where people will have you do puppet conversations or they'll have you play in sand or dance or paint or whatever and um and so I have puppets for my own joy in my own pleasure so that I can have times of play and that I can like relieve stress and I can have conversations with toys. Yes, I'm that weird, but I do it for my healing. <laughs> so, and to lighten the F up so that not all of life is so freaking serious. All right. So now we've got the non-hierarchical polyamory. Hi, Bob. Hi, Lily. And Bob and Lily, they're in a hierarchical, non-hierarchical polyamorous relationship. So um, this form of polyamory is distinguished by an absence of primary partnerships. So these guys aren't necessarily primary, but they just happen to know each other. So we're just bringing these two in to start the conversation out. Um, all relationships in this polyamorous relationship are going to be shown as equal they're going to have equal weight and equal considerations so they can like vote on things. Are they all going on vacation together? Are they not? And Gord's in their relationship too. So here comes Gord and Gord's like, hey guys, I was just uh, thinking about buying a, a big boat and going on a vacation and stuff. And these two are like, oh, that sounds great. Um, would you like us to like invest in the boat with you? And Gord might be like, no, I'm going to do that investment on my own. So the people might own things on their own. They might own their own homes. They might own their own vehicles. They're not necessarily sharing all resources together. They probably have a lot of their own stuff. But when they're doing things, um, say, for example, when they're living together, if they choose to live together um, in a home, then they might co-own the home or uh, they might have a lot of chores that they that they um, share equally like somebody might do the gardening somebody might do the house cleaning there could be many of them there could be like eight of them living in the house together you know uh so so just get some that can fit on my fingers easily all right now we have an entire family of fun happening here we've got nick and nata and gord and Bob and Lily. And so if any of my cousins are watching, yes, guys, I named all of these after you. And for anybody who is watching, no, my cousins are not in a polyamorous relationship together. Just a heads up. However, for, for ease of me remembering their names, I uh, tag them. 
but I also named them after my cousins. Yes, I did. Okay, so in our non-hierarchical polyamorous relationship, um, there could be, you know, three people, there could be five people who are all involved in committed relationships among themselves. So maybe we've got um, Bob and Nick in a relationship together, and we've got Gord and Lily in a relationship together, and, and also maybe Nata and Nick are in a relationship together as well. <laughs> So they're all in these like their own little um, relationships and they sometimes maybe come together to also have relationships. So they all have equal, they're all equally fluffy and cute and they all have equal decision-making power and they all have um, the same, they, they, they try and spend equal amounts of time together, whether you know there's a certain amount of time that they actually dedicate to that or not. That can be helpful as part of the agreements or the contracts when you're in a polyamorous relationship. Like I get to spend two hours with you every week. I get to spend two hours with you every week. And Gordon not to get to spend two hours together with each other. And Nick and not to get to spend two hours together with each other. If they want to have those dynamics where they're, they're actually investing time in their within their own dynamics with each other. And and they also um, have arrangements or regarding like their resources, like Gord mentioned that he got a boat and these guys offered to help him pay for the boat. But he was like, no, and that's OK, too. That's not going to create an issue in their in their case. Now, it might in other relationships that are non-hierarchical and polyamorous. But with these guys, they were fine with it. They actually discussed it and they made some choices based on that. And that was um, Gord's money anyway. So sometimes there'll be pooled money that will pay for different things. Like uh, if they all live in a house together, it could be for the house, it could be for the groceries. And then they might have money aside that's their own, that they invest in their own things uh, on, the, on their own. So, so for example, when three people are involved, or for example, we had those three involved in relationship, and then they brought these two in, so we've got five now who are all involved in this relationship to each other, among each other, and inside individually, they each individually um, sometimes have relationships with each other that may be different than with each other, than amongst themselves as well. But everybody's treated equally. There's no primary or secondary or um, necessarily partnerships established, but they might spend, decide that they'd like to spend or invest time um, together, maybe more than others. And that's okay too, but it's not hierarchical. So not one person's more important than another. So all five of these partners share decision-making and resources equally, and they like living together. So some people will call this communism at its finest <laughs> or commune at its finest. It can be like a commune. It can be like a cult, but it's not. It's just polyamory. So um, sometimes these are for purely romantic reasons and sometimes they're for sexual relationships as well. Um, so these partners will share in decision-making. Like if, if somebody you know, happens to meet Rick while they're on holiday in Alaska. I can get Rick on my finger now. They meet Rick on holiday and they're like, oh, Rick, oh, you're such a cool dude. Like Gord meets Rick and 
Gord's like, oh, you're such a cool dude. Are you like open in relationship? And Rick's like, yeah, my wife and I are like in non, uh, non uh, monogamous relationship. We're into polyamory. Right now we have a primary relationship. And Gord's like, I'm in a relationship with like four other people. Do you want to meet us? And Rick's like, hmm, that's interesting. I need to go talk to my wife about that. My partner will say, because maybe he is married to Nancy. And then uh, he goes off to talk to Nancy. And the Ningord comes back and he says, okay, guys, I met this guy, Rick, and I'm, I think you might like him. I invited him over. Is it okay if I invite him over for dinner? And they all vote and agree that Rick can come over for dinner. And um, he mentions Nancy and they say, yeah, that's cool. Bring Rick and Nancy over. So Rick and Nancy come over and they all become a happy family after having dinner together and agreeing that this could actually really work for them. Now, all of a sudden, Rick and Nancy have changed the dynamic of their relationship. Now they're in a non-hierarchical polyamorous relationship. They've decided they've chosen that this actually works better for them than the hierarchical um, relationship they were in. So that can change is what I'm trying to say is it could change. You could go from hierarchical to non-hierarchical. However, the primary relationship people would choose that together, that they're doing that. And so that's where the, a lot of the conversation and communication is really important. So to wrap up the non-hierarchical polyamory, so in non-hierarchical polyamory, the emphasis is really on equal value and consideration for every relationship involved. Um, there's like really no limiter restrictions placed on how many people can join the group. Um, that's among them what they choose. Um, and generally, it's just considering that whatever, whoever is coming into the relationship is going to be an equal partner. And uh, so, yeah, okay, so taking a breath. Um, so the the main target for this kind of non-hierarchical polyamorous relationship is to have intimate relationships based on mutual respect and trust rather than power dynamics or priority. So what Nancy and Rick were in with um, the polyamorous relationship where they have a primary partner, they took priority until they joined these guys in their relationship. And now they're all a great big happy family. And they often will refer to themselves as a as like a family. So depending on the polyamorous relationship you're in. Holy smokes, I really thought I was going to make this go by faster than I was. I might have part two and bring the puppets out again for monogamy, maybe next week. All right, different kinds of relationships, part two, I'm sure. So next, we're moving into solo polyamory, and I'll be talking about that when we come back after the commercial. So you're listening to The Pleasure Zone here on Inspired Choices Network, and I'll be right back after this commercial. Are you secretly a voyeur, wondering what's going on in other people's sex lives? What if now is the time for a totally different sexual evolution? Are you interested in people who are pioneers of different sexual and pleasurable practices? Lean in now with Melitza Yelenich, where she will entice you and your body to know your own pleasure zone. On the Pleasure Zone radio show with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich. 
you'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow yourself to receive more in your sex life, and quite possibly, other areas of your life as well. Listen for The Pleasure Zone with Milica every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Interested in masturbating for money, copulating for consciousness, and pleasuring on purpose? 21 Days of Sexual Magicism with sensual movement artist Milica Jelenic is an exploration of tools, processes, and actions that you can use to create more for your life, your body, your money inflows, and so much more. Graduated learning for all levels of interest. Learn at your own pace via video classes or join the yearly live class. Take a peek at www.melitzajelenic.com. How wonderful would it be to carry your favorite Inspired Choices Network host with you throughout your day? Well, now you can. Inspired Choices Network now has its very own mobile app. Our free app offers live streaming shows along with thousands of podcasts and TV episodes. Our shows cover a wide variety of topics. Whether you're waking up with us, carrying us through the day, and taking us to bed with you, we're always here for you to enjoy. We're easy to find. Just search for Inspired Choices Network in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. This is The Pleasure Zone with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich. To participate in the program today, join our live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email. Info at MelitzaYelenich.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back, my sweet, sweet pleasure seekers. Tonight, we are talking about polyamorous relationships, different kinds of relationships. If I can get to it, I might even discuss the different kinds of monogamy, but I don't think I will have time. I really thought I was going to talk faster than this, but I didn't. So I uh, have two more to get through for you here. So let's see what we can do. Um, that's just on the four basic kinds of polyamory. So to this next section, we're talking about solo polyamory. Um, so the four basic kinds of polyamory, just really looking at it from relationships from a different a different way of being. And, and they all have kind of their own sort of ideas within the way that they are polyamorous. And of course, each individual uh, group of polyamorous people will have a different way of viewing things. And sometimes um, there are, are relationship agreements, whether they're spoken or written, where uh, a member of the polyamorous group of lovers, there might be somebody who is in a relationship um, where their partner isn't interested, say with Rick and Nancy, maybe Nancy wasn't interested in becoming part of the, the fluffy five. So, um, but Rick was, so Rick gets to go off and be with the fluffy five and, and Nancy stays back. And Nancy is like, now, depending on how Nancy feels about that, Nancy might just know, might, might've changed her mind completely. And Nancy might be like, I thought polyamory was for me but I actually require far more um, primary relationship attention 
and Rick's really into this. So it's time to let you go, Rick. Bye, Rick. Okay, so we're moving into the solo polyamory. And we're going to have the same characters, but they're probably going to have some different qualities about them. In solo polyamory, we're starting off with this character. His name's Raddy the Turtle. Yes, he's also named after one of my cousins. So solo polyamory. So with solo polyamory, individuals will often prioritize their own autonomy and independence um, rather than trying to form primary relationships. So a lot of times they might have many casual relationships and they might develop deeper bonds with many people rather than making long-term commitments. And I think what a lot of people have thought polyamory is, is either they've you know, when I hear people talk about polyamory, they're often falling into the category of solo polyamory, um, which some people confuse with promiscuity, and it's not the same. Um, so solo polyamory is you're clear with people that you are having open relationships and you're having relationships with many partners. Promiscuity is more of the sense that you're hiding that from people and they're not aware of this. So I think there's the level of trust and honesty and communication that comes out that's different. So, so with Paul solo polyamory, um, we've got this individual, Raddy, and he prioritizes his independence and autonomy over any romantic relationship. So he's opting to just say, I'm me and I'm having fun and I'm living life and life is good. And then we have Lily, who's also like, you know what, Raddy? Me too. I'm so like, so I've so tried monogamy, so didn't work for me. I also was in this like super love cuddle uh, fest um, and I really enjoyed the people and that was great. But I think what I'm looking for right now is more of my own autonomy and independence. And um, like, it was really cool that we did a lot of decision making together. And at the same time, I feel like I really just need some space. So I'm going for the solo polyamory right now. Like, do you want to hook up? And Raddy's like, yeah, okay, cool. Let's hook up. And so they do. This is really weird in my head because these two cousins in real life are actually blood related. So, so they're not as puppets and they're not in the story. These are characters, right? Get that straight. All right. So solo polyamory refers to individuals who prioritize independence over autonomy. So right now, um, Lily is prioritizing her independence uh, and autonomy over any one romantic relationship as she was in a relationship with four other people. And right now, her priorities have changed. And so you can absolutely change that over time. And they're not always stagnant. And you're in the same kind of relationship for life. It can change. So these two are working well together. And they, like, go out to a party. And this other this other chick, yeah, that's a chick puppet, named Nata comes along. This is a different Nata. And and this, they're, like, out at this place in Toronto, um, and they're, like, at this love den, and they're having fun, and they're, like, they all ran into each other at the bar. Lily recognized Raddy. and was like, hey, Raddy, so great meeting you again. I, like, loved it when we hooked up that week. That was so cool, and we had that love fest for three days straight, and Raddy's like, yeah, that was awesome. So glad that I got to spend time with you. It was so loving and nurturing, and then and then this other knot that comes along is like, oh, you guys look so sweet and fun together. Like, do you just want to have some fun for like, I don't know, tonight? And 
I don't know, let's play and see what happens. So because they're at this like event in Toronto that's all about, well, most big cities have these, uh, it's called like swingers clubs. They're all out at the swingers clubs being polyamorous unicorns, having fun. And they just happen to all go home together and be in a sort of a relationship for a little bit of time. But they're not really making any long-term commitments. They're really living in the moment. And they're really loving living in the moment. So individuals who are in these kinds of relationships are typically seeking like super deep connections with their partners, but they're not looking at having long-term stuff. So they do like the intensity of the depths of like intense, the intensity of being with many people um, and being really close to many people, but it also doesn't mean that they want any commitment to any one person. So it also takes a lot of self-awareness uh, and confidence to be in, in that kind of relationship where you you can, you can know you're loved and you don't need the reassurance constantly. Um, if you do need reassurance constantly, this may be tricky for you um, because this isn't necessarily going to be the most reassuring situation. So solo polyamorous individuals sometimes opt out for um, this kind of, well, they opt for this kind of relationship dynamic because um, it's really easier for them for things like personal growth. So, you know, Raddy decides he wants to go off to Thailand for six years and study um, some ancient cultural ruins. And they're like, okay, cool, have a nice life, dude. And he's like, thanks, it was so lovely knowing you and being with you. And it's like, there was no anger that came out of that because it's all about self-discovery and these two are going off in the world doing other things. And they're, you know, one's gonna go run a race around the world and the other one's gonna go learn skydiving. So they're all really doing stuff and they all have different interests and they're not necessarily doing things together, watching movies together or anything like that. So in where in the the uh, group dynamic one that we talked about, the the non-hierarchical one, people would probably vote on, hey, let's watch a movie or three movies in a row. Like, let's do things together. Let's vote on dinner. Right. These guys were voting on nothing. They're all having very individual lives and um, ways of going about their lives. So. In in these all of these. I want to reinforce that communication is crucial because if you're not communicating where you're at in these relationships, sometimes what ends up going on is you could be in a solo, um, in the solo situation, and all of a sudden you fall in love with somebody and you want to end up and it doesn't work for that person they're just not interested in the primary relationship life and it can be really hard sometimes they both choose to have that kind of relationship where they're going to go oh you know what i thought i was solo in this i thought i was like into solo polyamory but i'm actually what i'm really into is i really enjoy spending time with you so maybe yeah maybe we create uh a primary relationship, or maybe we create a non-hierarchical polyamorous relationship. So looking at different ways of being in this. Big breath. There's a lot of information here, I know, and this could actually turn into like, I don't know, like some kind of uh, series of 
shows that could go on for years. I mean, these puppets are here, but I mean, I could do like entire shows on polyam solo polyamory and like dynamics within that for yourself. Like if you are solo polyamorous, um, if you're using other terms, I'd love to hear them because there are a lot of different terminologies out there. So if you are in a polyamorous relationship and you use a different terminology than I've been using, I'd love to hear it. Um, not There isn't one like stagnant way of speaking about polyamory. So uh, yeah, share your, share your, however you view yourself. I'd love to hear it. And if you are in a monogamous relationship and you're curious about polyamory, um, you don't necessarily have to put it down in the comments for the world to see, but if you'd like to have a conversation about that, see some of the things that you kind of need to have in place before choosing polyamory. Having a lot of self-confidence is helpful. Um, being able to self-reassure is helpful. Uh, and being able to work well with others <laughs> is helpful. So there's certain characteristics, and I think you could actually do um, like there could be HR forms to fill in to be able to see if people could be in these relationships because it takes certain characteristics and some of those are characteristics like working well together and especially in the um, the non-hierarchical one where you know being able to vote and not having to have anybody be in charge necessarily there is no top dog there yeah so then the last one we're going to be talking about before the show is over, and I'm not going to get to the crazy, wild, and interesting versions of monogamy, which I will then talk about next week instead, is relationship anarchy. And I do know there are other terms for this, so if you use another term for relationship anarchy, I'd love to hear it. We'll talk about more about the philosophy of what that is uh, when we come back from this commercial break. You're listening to The Pleasure Zone, and we'll be right back after this commercial. Are you secretly a voyeur, wondering what's going on in other people's sex lives? What if now is the time for a totally different sexual evolution? Are you interested in people who are pioneers of different sexual and pleasurable practices? Lean in now with Melitza Yelenich, where she will entice you and your body to know your own pleasure zone. On the Pleasure Zone radio show with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich. You'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow yourself to receive more in your sex life, and quite possibly, other areas of your life as well. Listen for The Pleasure Zone with Milica every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. This is The Pleasure Zone with sensual movement artist Milica Yelenich. To participate in the program today, join our live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email, info at Now, back to the program. Welcome back, my sweet, sweet pleasure seekers. Tonight we're talking about different kinds of relationships and the different kinds of um things that come up in them for sure. So uh, polyamory is a kind is a kind of way to have relationships with more than one person. Sometimes you can have a uh, primary relationship involved with polyamory. Sometimes you have a non-hierarchical kind of polyamory. Sometimes you have 
solo polyamory. And we also have this other version uh, called relationship anarchy. If, if you've ever, I, I don't know about you guys, but in the 80s, there was like that symbol with the circle and the letter A going through it, anarchy, and it was like punk. It was all about the punkness. So I'm just bringing out some friends here, some friendly puppets to talk about relationship anarchy. If you're watching on video, you might be like so impressed with my finger puppets today that you're like, I'm going out and getting finger puppets. If I had enough hands, I would have actually brought out my uh, bigger puppets that are more like Muppet puppets because they're characters and they are funny. And there's a lot of voices and me keeping track of that would have been very hilarious. Some of them have very thick accents. But anyway, those are puppets for you. So relationship anarchy is, um, it's kind of a philosophy that just like all other anarchy is like rejecting all social expectations, rejecting everything about society. Uh, yeah, the punk lifestyle. So <laughs> relationship anarchy is basically the philosophy which rejects social expectations for relationships in favor of building bonds based on mutual trust, respect, and consent. So there are no hierarchies, no labels, no set rules when it comes to these kinds of bonds. Each con uh, connection can develop in its own way as desired and be as intimate or casual as they like. So, you know, these guys are all about relationship anarchy. This Nancy, which is a different Nancy than we had before, because that Nancy's now in, in some recovery program. She actually became an addict. That's okay. And then this Nata is also a different Nata than before. And this is uh, the, the new and improved Rick, um, because the old Rick, he ended up with a head trauma. And then this Bob, it's the same old Bob, but he's back. And he's back to try something new. So relationship anarchy. Um, so how do you actually have relationship anarchy, right? So relationship anarchy is if you're rejecting all rules and you're creating your own bonds and you're trying your own thing, it's going to be a little, uh, it's going to be a little different, right? So if you're creating your own bonds, maybe we've got Rick and Nata and they're like, you know what, we're really into um, power play dynamics and we're just going to have some fun over here. Now, I know that that this Nancy, she's like really into voyeurism. So, um, hey, Nata, what do you think about having this Nancy like hang in the corner and watch as I spank you? And Nata's like, hey, that sounds cool. I'm into exhibitionism. And Nancy's like, cool, I'm into voyeurism. Cool. So they've developed this relationship. And this guy, Bob, Bob's like really into feeding people like delicious food. So he has been cooking all day and he gets really turned on by watching people eat. So he invited everybody up for dinner to feed them like they were royalty. These guys are having some kind of wild fun because their relationships are just completely different. And, and they kind of come and go as they please. And because they're just into relationship anarchy, they're, you know, they, they build bonds with each other and they respect each other and everything they're doing, if you've noticed, is consent based. Like Rick had an idea, then he asked Nata and he asked Nancy how they felt about it. And then Bob created some food and he invited them up for a party. So they're all asking each other and having communication on and seeing how this will work. 
And they like to see how things will grow and testing some boundaries and testing out some different ways of being with each other. They just want to see how things are going to work. And they might develop bonds over time. They might not, but they're all about discovering and learning. So lots of lots of different ways. Of, and none of these guys live together. They actually live in different parts of the world. And they just randomly come together every once in a while at this amazing holiday resort location where they rent a house. And they just have a lot of fun. It's like this village of um, sexual wonder that they go to and they love it there. So they all agree to come back to that every once in a while um, until they don't because it's relationship anarchy and one might choose not to come one year and then this other person shows up because they heard about them through the grapevine. So Nick is like, hey, Bob didn't want to come anymore. Um, just wondered if I could show up. And they're like, they kind of like, ask Nick like what are you into are you into you know uh non-hierarchical or do you have like a partnership or are you like into this like just bonding and figuring things out yeah that's totally me all right cool let's have some fun so they actually will grow and develop um their own relationships in their own ways and have a lot more fun than um than they would have if they hadn't opened themselves up to that because some some relationships, if you've started out in monogamous relationships and you found out that it doesn't work for you, trying out these different kinds of polyamorous relationships can really help you to know who you are and how you relate to others. And they also, just something to be aware of is these relationships, they're not like, like one can't coexist with another. They can actually coexist together. You can have these things kind of blend in with each other so you can create like the Brady Bunch of polyamory where different families end up coming together as we saw with um, Rick and Nancy joining the Fuzzy Five right then they had kind of like the Brady Bunch love fest going on very temporarily until Nancy just ended up in rehab and that's okay Nancy needed a break so it looks like I will be discussing the wild and wacky, wonderful variations on monogamy next week. So I'll get that out for you guys, discussing things like serial monogamy, when people are like monogamish, emotional monogamy, demi-monogamy, covenant monogamy. Who knew there were so many kinds of monogamy? I bet you didn't know that. So, so for those of you who... I hope you guys enjoyed the show because I love puppets and puppets love me. It's just the way the world works. And yes, that may have been awkward for some of you. And for some of you, it may have been totally delightful. I'd love to hear about it in the comments below. If you are in a polyamorous Thank you for listening to The Pleasure Zone with sensual movement now. artist Milica Yelenich. The Pleasure Zone returns next Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central, 6 p.m. Mountain, and 5 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. We hope you'll join us. Until then, have the best week of your life by choosing to be turned on and tuned in to your body.